So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. So here's why I'm so excited about today's debut episode. It immediately begins to shed light on that one ridiculously gnawing question I've had my entire career, and which I assume many of you have had as well, and that is, Am I living and breathing my purpose? Am I actually doing that thing that I'm most meant to be doing here on planet Earth? I don't know about you, but increasingly, I've been of the belief that each and every one of us is, uh, is here on this planet for a unique reason, and that over our lifespans, it is our job to both uncover that reason and then to really do something meaningful with it. And so on today's podcast, I'm thrilled to present to you a very forthcoming conversation I had recently with Angela Fernandez, an amazingly talented colleague of mine at the Ketchum Public Relations and Marketing Agency. Angela currently serves as a creative and strategic planner, a role that she truly relishes, largely, I think, because it allows her to meaningfully express her artistic self professionally with much more regularity than she's ever had the opportunity to do so before, For me, her journey was both enlightening and enlightened, plus the transparency she brings to our conversation as she recounts her journey, I'm certain you'll agree, is well worth its weight in gold. So without further ado, I give you Angela Fernandez. Is there cursing allowed in this thing? You can curse. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. Okay, okay, cool. So firstly, thank you for for agreeing to, uh, to share your story. Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with the first simple question, which is, are you today where you thought you would be when you were younger? Weirdly, yes. Which I, maybe five years ago, I probably didn't think so. Yep. But now when I look back on, I remember always thinking, I I didn't know how to articulate where I wanted to be. Um, But I knew it was in something to do with pop culture knew it had to do something with media but I didn't know what career that meant and I knew I wanted to be doing something creative Um, whether that was an artistic output or a writing output or a thinking output I knew it had to be creative Um, so when then all that comes together and I look at where I'm sitting right now I'm like oh my gosh that's actually what I wanted to be doing weirdly enough that's pretty amazing yeah yeah so so at what age can you remember wanting to do something artistic something creative how early um pretty I mean I think in elementary school I was very um I I leaned very heavily toward creative work yep I was always doing you know artistic stuff and then um you know I have two older sisters and we started to realize where we were going on different paths where we would sit down and my one sister and I could just sit and do art forever. And then my oldest sister would come and write equations and, you know, shapes and circles because <laughs> she's yeah. very much a scientist and a doctor. And and then um, 
I think, you know, even in college, I was a media studies and studio art major. So I was doing studio art and, and oil painting is kind of my senior thesis. Yeah. Um, and I think I knew then I wanted to do something very artistic, uh, but where, how that was going to be expressed in a real professional. And I knew I wanted to do something that was very um, high professional. I wanted to be trained. I wanted to do something that was um, not corporate, but in a very corporate setting, maybe. Yeah. So what can you remember what your first idea of how this creative part of you was going to be expressed? You know, I, I think the hard thing about that is when I, so I, when I first started thinking about careers, um, I had thought about things like, do I want to be an animator? Do I yeah. want to like try to become like a Disney animator? And that scared me off a lot because I didn't know if I was a good enough artist. Yeah. And then um, when I started doing PR and more media relations, and I think I started to try to stifle the creativity part because I thought, okay, now I have to be more serious. Yep. Now I need to be more you know, smart and sophisticated and sit down and button up and start stop doing all those doodles on the side of my page. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then I think until very recently, I realized, oh my gosh, that creative part of me is actually a talent yeah. in this in this job that yeah. I don't actually have to be so buttoned up and serious and there is a role for me in that creative part and it took a very long time for me to be able to let that be okay. Yeah. When you first when when did you first have the idea that you wanted to be an animator? Oh gosh, that was a a, a pretty long dream of mine and yeah. you know throughout I, I would say you know it's probably like 10 years old or you know that okay. that early of re realizing and I would and I remember I had this um painting of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves that was like an oil painting that was um above my bunk bed and I would stare at it and I would look at the shadows and see the color of the shadows you know shadows are not just black or white yeah, shadows yeah. are a darker color of whatever color they're on and so I was like I would stare at the colors and the use of the paint you know brush and and the, it was something that I just was fascinated yeah, with that's awesome and so I would really kind of study, and my parents really fostered that, and they would give me, you know, cartoon drawing books and animation books, and so I was always awesome kind parents. of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was a very early on, my, you know, my whole family was very supportive of it, and so I was always doing, you know, drawings and, and cartoon books and writing my own books, yeah. and so it was, that, that was always something that was very innate. Makes sense, so you have this idea you wanna be an animator, where, where does it go from there? What happens to that idea? I think getting older happens to that idea. Yeah. So explain <laughs> at, what, at what point or where 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 do you think yeah. that sort of dropped off? You know, so I throughout high school I was just this crazy doodler, and everybody knew my drawing. So I would people said, "Can you draw me this picture of whatever?" And so we would sit there, and I would just always draw pictures for everybody. And then my first job, you know, in my early 20s, I did the same. Like I just drew and doodled all the time. And so everybody had like a doodle or a drawing for, you know, that I did and they had it in their desk or in their office. And then um, there became a time where I started to say, I need to like focus on and do a really good job on what I'm doing and forget the doodling piece of it. Uh-huh. Um, and like I said earlier, what do you mean? What, what, in high school, what were you doing that you needed to focus on? That, oh what, no, I mean it, in my in my twenties, in my uh, first job. Okay. that's when I was like, okay, and your first non doodling job. My first non doodling right. job. Awesome. Which, although the, this is kind of a side story, but um, 
I was doodling. Uh, we, I had a vendor meeting um, with a colleague of mine, and I was doodling for them. And the vendor took the picture, the cartoon that I had drawn. He, he took it home and put it on his refrigerator. And his um, roommate came in, uh, who he was rooming with at the time, this woman. And she said, oh, my gosh, where did you get this drawing? And he said, oh, you know, someone I work with drew it and she said I'm looking for an illustrator for this book that I started to write she was a hairdresser so she wanted to write a book about all these dating stories that she heard and all her little lessons that she would tell her right. you know, clients about dating That's she's awesome. like it's a very fun whimsical book so she called me out of the blue and said will you illustrate this book for me so I got to illustrate a book based on these crazy doodles that I was doing at this like funny you know work in meeting right um so it was published and it was really fun and it was the first book i ever did i didn't get any like money off of it yeah. but it was a good experience something yeah. to have you know in my portfolio so i think even then i was still thinking there's something there um which is which has always been fun but i think yeah. i had to really remember that that was a part of me that if i let that go there's it kind of unleashes this other creative valve of other like creative ways of thinking, creative yeah. ways of seeing the world and, and you know, let, letting that go is a good thing. Yeah. When you were, I'm going to step back for one more second. It, when you were in high school and yeah. applying for colleges, was the idea of animator still in your mind? Um, maybe it was in the back of my mind. Okay. I think I knew I wanted to still, I, I had to do something where there was an art program. Yep. Um, but I was still thinking I need to come up with something that's a little more of a serious job, like something okay. that's going to pay the bills and something that's going to be a, you know, I think I, in my heart of hearts, if I had let my heart speak, I would have probably pursued it harder. Yeah. Um, and I think I just got really scared. Yeah. I think I got really scared and said, okay, I should probably do something that's a little bit more serious. And, you know, my two older sisters above me were, you know, doctors and medical lab techs. And so I thought, okay, I better, I better rest on something that's going to, actually give me a career long right, term. right and 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 it's it's interesting that you came to that sort of conclusion on your own based on your siblings did your parents have put that kind of pressure at all on you not at all I, my parents are very hippie laid back they're like you know they were the kind of people who when I came home and said look I got all straight A's and all my friends are getting $20 for every A they got yeah. my dad said you know, that's actually easy, Angela, to get all A's is really easy. I dare you to come home with all F's. All right. And I went, oh, I could never do that. And he said, I know you couldn't. That's a, that's why it's harder. I dare you to come home with all F's because that takes more discipline than getting all A's. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so, that's yeah, that, such like, an interesting dare. Yeah. And like he, they were always pushing us to think differently yeah. and against the status quo that I think, you know, everybody, you know, it, if all of our friends were doing something, they always pushed us to think about the other way of doing it. Yep. Um, so even, you know, they, they had no pressures of what I should be in college or major in. I think to me, it was my own pressure that I was putting on myself. Got like, it. I wanted to be legitimate and I wasn't sure if an art career was going to make me legitimate. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to college and you study what? Um, so I went to Pomona College here in Southern California, um, and I, my major was a, a dual major, which was media studies. Um, there was no PR major in at Pomona, um, but then it was a media studies and then studio art yep. was my second major. And so um, the studio art piece is where I did my senior thesis. So I did a whole um, art show basically yeah. on you know oil painting around um, 
uh, important female figures in my life, both mythical and legendary awesome. and historical and also within my own family. So I painted portraits of all these women, um, including my grandmother, including my niece, who was three years old at the time, and painted all their portraits and wove them all together on this massive, massive canvas. So it was fun. That's amazing. Yeah, it was very fun. So interestingly, the doodling aspect still continued in college, but sort of took on a different... It did. It did. Life. I it took on a different life where I studied more, um, e more of the studio fine art. Yeah. Um, versus, there, I mean, there wasn't really like a, um, there wasn't really like an animation class yeah. there. But I, so I, I wanted to focus more on that fine art. Um, and at the time, there wasn't really a like computer graphics or a graphic art class. So I, I asked the art teacher if we could create one yep. and she said yes so I created my own class awesome. to learn and you know this is 1995 yeah so there's not that you know it's not that prevalent yet yeah um and so me and this other woman basically were the only ones in the class because we were the only ones who wanted to learn how to take it and so one of the art teachers decided they would they would let us build our own course around that that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you graduate college. Where do you go? So I graduated college, and I said... With those two degrees. With those two degrees. Yep. Um, when I... Uh, when I grew up, so I came from New Mexico, Albuquerque, and my whole family was still back there, and they kept, they were like, oh, Angela's going to do that crazy, weird California thing for four years, and then she's coming back. Right. So... I wasn't yet done with the crazy California thing. Yep. So I said, I, I do want to get some really good business experience here while I'm here in Los Angeles. It feels like there's some good business opportunities that I'm not going to get back in Albuquerque. So I'll get some experience here and then I'll go back and, and find something there. Um, so I started applying to advertising agencies because I figured that was that was a good link between the media studies work I was doing and the, and the studio art work that I was doing and, and would kind of fulfill all that. Yeah. So I, I applied for several advertising agencies, just, you know, entry level gigs. And then, um, I also ended up applying for a PR agency job, not really understanding what PR was, but yep. was thinking, Oh, even if I get that PR job, it'll give me enough experience in an agency world that I could jump to ad agency. Yep. So I got this PR agency job. Um, and I think I just, it just kind of blew my mind because you just, I was learning so much. Yep. Um, and I, I, the first thing I tell everybody who starts is just like, open your eyes and read everything. See, like, look at what, look how your bosses and supervisors are structuring their, you know, emails or their correspondence or read the things that are passing through your desk because you have so much opportunity to learn so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I blinked and it was like nine years later that I was at that agency. That's amazing. <laughs> and when you're applying for those jobs, advertising firms and the PR agency, at that point, are you still thinking anything regard to animations, illustrations? I thought that there would be a creative, visually creative outlet. Yep. In, like I thought in I could be, yeah, like that I could, whether it was a graphic designer or if it was, you know, th you know, there was some kind of creativity with an advertising agency that I was thinking I, I could, f I could fit in. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think, you know, I, I actually got the packet of, um, of uh, the application packet from Disney to to submit for an animator, yeah. and I read it about a hundred times, 
and then I put it away and yeah. I never applied. What happened? I, I think I At just, that same time? Yeah, yeah, about that same time. Yeah. Um, and I did a, a tour of the animation studios when I was in college just right. to check it out. And, you know, it was like I said, it was always there in my heart. Yeah. And I think it was just fear. fear. It was fear of not really, am I really, really a good animator? Am I really, yeah. you know, going to be able to do this? And can I really draw a horse from scratch? <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think that, I think it really just became like, am, like is this going to be the career that I want to do? I want to be. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you being so honest about that. It's, yeah. it seems like, um, despite every effort you're making to apply for these jobs, you're still, you're, it seems like your system is still pushing you to yeah. like, did you pay attention? Are you looking at this job? What about this job? Yes. But you're still not at that point, still feeling fearful to some degree. And so you're going here to the, to this, to this other job. Is that right? Yes. Am I characterizing that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I think there was, there was half of me that was looking like, okay, should I know I should follow my heart. I know I should do, I, I want to be doing something that is, um, that I'm going to love forever. Yeah. But then there was a, the other piece of me that was like, but I want to learn the business side of it. Yeah. It was like a business piece that I wanted to know and I wanted to be smart in and I wanted to be immersed in it. And that was also enticing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I started to get into the business of PR and understanding the businesses that are coming to our agency to help them, yep. um, that was really fascinating too. Yeah. So like, I think it, it, like if I could have merged the two and you know, that would have been the, the and which is kind of what I'm doing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the, if, at the time it was like that both sides were so fascinating. So I, I ended up thinking, One's going to be maybe more lucrative than the other. One's maybe more safe than the other. So I'm going to go down the more with the business side of yeah. it. Yeah. Let's talk real quickly. You mentioned it. What are you doing now? So now um, my, I'm really focused on, you know, my, my job is around creative and strategic planning. Yeah. So the, I, it, which encompasses quite a bit. Um, but at the core, I get to really focus on fun, interesting ideas. Um, and then I get to put them down on paper in a really creative way, in a very visual way. Yeah. Um, so that like it really, I feel like the two sides of my brain are now working together yeah. and helping each other out. And, and over the course of all these years, you know, from when I started to now, you know, at one point I had said, if I could just be the person that helps package all this information and put it together visually, that would be my most favorite job ever. Yeah. And, 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 here, that's, it is. and here it is. It's starting to happen. Yeah. So, um, it's not only being able to like conceive of ideas, but also watch other people's ideas to be able to like spend a lot of time see what other, what, what is everybody else thinking about? What is breaking through? What are those ideas that everybody's talking about? And, and what is that visual representation of those ideas? Yeah. Um, because we're becoming such a visual society and That's like, right. what is that? Like, what are those optics that make people, you know, motivated or, yep. or cry or laugh or get up and move and do something. Yep. Those are, that's what I kind of find fascinating. And that's, that's a thing, a carrot to always chase. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you now walk us back though, between this point at this job that you have and the last nine years? Sure. And just give us a sense what, when you started in the PR agency, what sort of path did you take and how did you ultimately get back to this point. Yeah. 
Um, if we're thinking about the overall, it's been 18 years. 18 years, okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you, though. That was yeah. very nice. Um, so over those 18 That's awesome. years, I know. Um, I think there was a lot of... So the, I was very lucky in that right away, one of my first clients was a toy client. Um, so I got to work with brands like Power Rangers and Tamagotchi and Hello Kitty um, and so I, I found that I was really loving that kind of creative piece of it, yep. you know, because that's just fun. It's playful. Um, but then I was learning the business side of it, too. Um, I was learning about strategy. I was learning about how best to communicate how, and probably even more so how best to communicate to clients and coworkers. Because yeah. if you can do that really well. Um, then you can, you know, probably it's be half the battle. Yeah, it's half <laughs> the battle. You can be much more successful. So over those eighteen years, um, I would say fifteen of those years were were really focused in the toy industry. Yep. Um, and that I think was a, a really good training ground on, you know, what is current and relevant. Yeah. And it's always going to be changing. Um, how do you communicate that? What do you? How can you find the thing that's going to, you know, resonate and and get noticed next? Um, what are the visuals that you have to use in order to get someone excited about your product yep. or your toy? Um, so that I, I think was like being immersed in the toy industry for that long um, is, is I think was really good in, in kind of making me flex a bunch of different type of muscles. Yeah, that's awesome. And what got you ultimately to this job or how did you realize that this next position that you're currently holding now was going to be the right thing for you? I the I think honestly when you know the the other role that I was doing was very focused on um, you know client management very detail oriented and getting you know events up and running um, making sure that everybody on the team has their assignment it's very much about being like an you know orchestra conductor you have to like make sure all the parts are working really perfectly together to create really beautiful music yep. Um, and then I think I just started to realize, you know, I, I don't want to pay attention to, attention to those really minute details anymore. I want to start thinking um, on a higher plane um, and I want to start coming up with more ideas. And And the, the challenge for me was, you know, being able to come up with five ideas and a client saying, no, I don't like four of them. Right, <laughs> right, right. And being okay with that. Yep. Um, and not feeling like that, you know, and then, or like saying, no, I don't like any of them come back with another set of five. And so that, to me, that was a bigger challenge than being like, can I make sure that every detail is perfect? Yep. I think you kind of have to do that when you like that, the, the first round of that job, I had to know those things. I had to know how to, um, you know, build that orchestra and then make it happen and and play all together in order to get to where I am. But I got to the point where I was like, I've done it and I've done it so many times that it's not challenging anymore or exciting anymore. What I want to do is start thinking a different way and, um, and start being, you know, start spending more time thinking versus, you know, thinking about bigger ideas and thinking about bigger ways to motivate or move or inspire people, um, rather than, you know, the, the smaller details of yep. you know, executing an event. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back at your life so far, you mentioned that, for example, that one woman early on came up to you and asked you to illustrate something. 
What services do you, have you provided friends and family and colleagues over the years without even, you know, what, what are people coming up to you most for? Um, I think outside of work, there, there has been some, I guess, requests for like, I, you know, there, there was a long time where I was doing, like helping people draw invitations uh-huh. or um, like if they, you know, were like, oh, I'm going to do a party. Can you help me draw something or lay this out on paper? Yep. Um, which was always really fun. Um, and then, you know, then there have been people who, like I, you know, I have a lot of friends who went to different agencies or just have, you know, people in different PR positions. And yep. so we help each other, I think, on just like the strategy of communications. Um, So sometimes, you know, our network of friends who are different positions will talk to each other and just help each other navigate a little bit on on that side. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And then and then it I've also helped on just, you know, some career advice because, you know, as we move up and around, you know, a lot of friends, we, you know, talk about, okay, well, what do we want to do next? Right, right. And just, and I think what you're doing here is just like helping to like think back on what were your strengths and yep. um, like where do you want to go from here and what, yep. what feels good. And um, so I don't know, it's, it's kind of a myriad of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. What did your parents do? <laughs> My dad is a uh, is a very interesting person. He um he was a social worker for elder care. Uh-huh. So he his job essentially was to counsel families when they had when their older parent or grandparent was, you know, too old to take care of themselves and they had to move into a senior or assisted yep. living home or he had to counsel them when it was time to, you know, let them go and yep. pull the plug. So he was he was surrounded around this idea of death yeah. for many, many years. And, and he, he was really well respected in, you know, the hospital community. And, um, and so, you know, we, he would even, you know, and he, he specialized in a lot of, um, you know, very, um, local care. Cause in New Mexico, there was, a, you know, culturally, especially for the elder generation, um, he would go in and speak Spanish to them. Uh-huh. He would go in and um, help them understand, you know, even I'm trying to think of the English word of it, um, like herbal medicine. Yep. Um, so that like if they were really scared of Western modern medicine, he would kind of help make that bridge and say, OK, well, I know you use this kind of tea for your cough, but let's use that kind of tea. Plus, let's look at this. Yep, so like he yep, would kind of yep. help bridge that. And yep. then he taught medical students how to do that in Albuquerque yeah, because the, the idea of healthcare for very traditional New Mexican elder, you know, families was kind of, you know, was kind of off. And interestingly, if my sister was a student of his because she took, she was in medical school. So, yeah. um, but he, oh, he, um, yeah, so he had a, he had a very stressful career. Um, and he grad, he retired the day I graduated from college. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Done. So he was like, he had always said that he's like, I, I put three kids through college. I'm done the day yeah. you graduate. So he, to his true to his word, he did that. Um, and then my mom had, um, a few different careers. She, um, she ended her career and retired. She was um, at Sandia National Laboratories. And um, she was primarily, I would say, an administrative assistant. Yep. But she became really interested in um, HTML coding. Uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> so she built a lot of internal newsletters, HTML newsletters for the teams um, and the different departments at Sandia National Labs. Yeah. What, um, really interesting, what impact do you think they've had on your 
just generally on your career? Um, quite a bit. I mean, I think they, you know, they've always just been very supportive and kind of like you do you. Mm-hmm. Um, they were never like, oh, you know, Erica's a doctor, so you should be too. Right. They were very much of like, we see these different strengths and you guys are all very different. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the other day I was telling my mom about the, this event that I was putting on yeah. um, and that I was going to be doing this you know, presentation and, and she just broke down crying. And I was like, what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I cannot believe I've raised such three strong women because you know, she's like, you guys all have such high powered careers and I've never felt like I missed out by not having such a high powered career because I got to live through you guys. Right. I was like, wow, what a like metaphysical moment yeah. I'm having right now <laughs> on a Tuesday awesome. at nine o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, yeah, they they just, they're very non-judgmental people. They're, yeah. like I said, they're very hippie. They're very, um, you know, they're, they're just very much of like, do the th- right thing. And, 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 you know, the, it's funny because the, this kind of helps understand their philosophy. It was when, you know, when we were little, they, we used to go to church and we were raised Catholic. Yep. And then there came a point where they just did not want to do it anymore. Yeah. And I would say, God, you know, all my friends are going to like church every Sunday. Why aren't we? Yeah. And my mom said, you know, we, we just decided that we'd rather spend time being good people seven days a week rather than just focusing that, you know, one hour on Sunday. Right. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, I, I can deal <laughs> with that. I'll that. move on now. You know, and I, I told my mom that years later and she's like, I don't remember ever saying that. <laughs> I was like, that was so poignant in my yeah. life, but they just, they have this like a different view. I think that has helped us kind of be okay with whatever direction that we take, as long as we're being good people and being respectful of ourselves and other yeah. people and, and just feel like we're being true to ourselves. You do you. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah I feel like that's, much. um, everybody could benefit from those kinds of parents. Yeah. Um, on a, on a scale of, um, zero to 10, where zero is a total non-issue and 10 is a big, dark, gloomy shadow. How large a shadow would you say financial considerations have had over your career path and your decisions that you've made along the way? Um, I wish they had had more of a consideration. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had been smarter about it, okay. but I think I was more, I cared more about who I was working with, was I having a good time and was I happy? Um, and I was, so like, I, I probably didn't push the, you know, the, the compensation. I probably didn't jump around to as many agencies like other people were doing at the time. Um, I kind of stayed because my first agency, I was there for almost 10 years and, um, I loved the people like we all yeah. were there for that long and we just built this really strong network and community of friends and colleagues and we had a blast like, yeah. We just had so much fun right um, and then I left and went to another agency for like six months it just wasn't the right fit and then I got recruited here yeah. to catch them and I've been here for nine years Um, and I always would say that once I got bored or once I felt like I wasn't doing anything new or different or challenging, then I could move on and, you know, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But 
I've always kind of felt like new and challenged and something different was coming up. So yeah. it, it's, so what, like I, I think, you know, and I spent the, my twenties being dirt poor uh-huh. <laughs> where yep. we would go to the bar across the street cause they had free pizza for happy hour <laughs> right. and, and that was our dinner five days a week. But, um, and that kind of was fine. I mean, I guess yeah. like I was also raised in a family didn't, that didn't have that much money. So, um, I put more emphasis on is my career like a, you know, fun and interesting to me over the dollars and maybe that was the wrong choice (laughs) but i i don't know i don't know it's it's i I, maybe the you know the 40 year old me looking back on the 20 year old me may have made some different decisions yeah but i i don't know i i feel like i like that's just the kind of person who i am so i maybe shouldn't change that um that i that that is what i put more emphasis on that kind of stuff than friends and fun yeah friends and fun friends and fun um stuff that money can't buy right and um and so relatedly in hindsight anything you would do differently and not even related to finances but just anything in your career choices you've made that's a good question um i would say probably not like i i think i'm and the way the reason i mean yes there's probably some things here and there of course but I would say when I look back now, because it's now like a you know 19 year career, um, I keep adding hours. <laughs> <Right. years. laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's been 40 years Start of being in the nine. business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're 19. Yeah, um, I I'm very content where I am because I feel like I've accomplished a lot. I feel like yeah. I've accomplished enough for me to be happy with me, not yeah. that anyone else is looking at it. I and I don't feel like I have to prove anything as much I just to me you know yeah. I think it's more of like okay there's a lot of things this year even that have been really scary for me that I've like like oh my gosh I I've done it like now yeah like I these are all the five last scary things that I needed to do and I right. mean and it's been a fun to be able to tick those off but um when I look back at it, it it's very much of like I I had a lot of great experiences and more experiences than I could even possibly imagine. And, you know, just thinking about wacky things that I was able to do um, with the jobs that I've had and then the people that I've been able to meet and the friend, long-term friends that I've made. Um, and then just being able to right now have the career choice that I have that gives me enough flexibility to be a really good mom and not feel guilty about, you know, the time that I'm spent away from them and, and focus on my family as much as I want to. So I, I feel like all of those pieces have led up to the thing that I've been working really hard for. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think about the um, concept of purpose or mission or what am I, you know, why am I here? I think about it all the time. Yeah. Um, And I think like the, I always look at everybody else's careers and say, how did they get there? Like in how, especially people who have like really cool careers. You're like, Oh my gosh. And it seems like, things just fell into their lap and there was just like these really interesting opportunities and, or the, you know, this paradigm just shifted and it just became like the right thing for them. And, and, and maybe it's not as magical as that, you know, as that yeah. or like when you're the inside from the inside out. <laughs> right. Um, but it kind of does feel like there is a, I, I have to believe there's a sense of purpose and that you are building things along the way that are just innately you yep. that help you you know, that help you are, help you 
you know, accomplish your mission or start to head in the right direction. I don't know. I think it's, yeah. it goes back to that you being you and, yeah. and listening to yourself. When there's something that, like there's been a couple of points where I'm like, everything in my body is screaming, this is wrong. This yep. is, this is yep. the wrong way to go. And when I've become, now that I'm older and a little bit more confident in being able to say, this is wrong, this is wrong, I, I want to go, I'm just not the right way to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm able to like now turn it around and say, okay, now this is the path and I feel good and I'm able to recognize yeah. that. How do you, um, when you say every, everything in my body, what, what do you, what does that feel like? What, what, what are the signs that you're internally that you, what are the feelings? What, what is it that you're picking up on that, that's saying everything is wrong? You know, there, I'll, I'll give you one example is we were thinking about working with a particular client and I was very uneasy about it. And, um, but I kind of felt it was the right thing to continue to pursue it because it was a business decision, not an emotional decision. Yeah. And then I let it sit for a little bit longer and I tried to, tried to, develop a plan around it and I it, nothing was coming like creativity or strategy and emotionally I wasn't feeling it and even personally as a consumer of this particular product I felt really negatively so it was almost like a strong physical reaction yeah. not just a mental or creative reaction but it was a physical you, you visceral like motivate yeah, yeah visceral reaction to think like this is just not the right thing and it may be okay for the company but it's not okay for me and and i spoke up and said i i can't do this this is not this i i cannot put my name behind this i cannot yep. support this but if anybody else wants to go for it and i will help you do whatever you need to be successful and I have to say that the, the company was really great about it. And they said, okay, we hear you. Yeah. We'll, we'll walk away. And, yeah. um, and it, and it was that very visceral physical response yeah. that, and it took a while. And it, and like I said, I, it, it felt good to be able to just say it out loud and say, this is not, this is not right for me. Yeah. That's awesome. And when you think about your purpose and your mission, do you have an active definition of that or expression of that in your head or, do you, you know, do you, uh, do you walk away from work every day and say, okay, today I've fulfilled X, I, I did what I needed to do, or is it more broad in general? I think when I, when I think about myself, I'm very service oriented, yeah. which is probably a good reason why I'm in the agency world. Yeah. Um, I like doing things that make other people happy. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do it to the detriment to my own health. Like, right. I mean, my husband's like, you know, stop doing this for the kids, <laughs> right. help yourself first. Right. Um, and I, um, but I do really like being able to use whatever skill or talent or thought I have to help somebody who hasn't been able to do it. So whether I'm like putting together a visual PowerPoint for someone who's not very visual, yeah. or I'm thinking about an idea or like, it makes me feel really good to lend something to someone that to part help, of you. yeah, to help them out. And and if I can walk away and they feel better and I feel better yeah. and it, uh, and like I said, sometimes I do it to my own detriment where I have yeah. to start feeling, you know, being Take a little bit more yourself. selfish. Yeah. Um, but I do think I'm a very service oriented person and that might be part of my mission. Yeah. And how long would you say you have felt that? I think for a very long time. And I think what, I was worried about, and I heard this quote a few times, which helped me feel better about it, was that if, if, 
if I'm kind and if I'm nice to people and I like to laugh and I like other people, I like to make sure everybody else is having fun and comfortable. Right. Is that a sign of weakness? And and someone said, you know, my kindness is not a sign of weakness. Right. Don't you know, don't mistake it for weakness. And right. that made me feel better, too, because I I always thought you have to be a mean, terrible person in order to be taken seriously. Right. Um, and and I I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't want to be that. Right. Um, and so, but it doesn't mean that I'm not smart or that I'm weak or that, you know, I, I can't be strong or bitchy when I need to be. Right. Um, but it just means that I don't choose to be that way as a person. And, right. and that's okay. And it, and it, I had a lot of um, conflicts within myself about trying to stuff that person away just maybe like the artistic side of me yep. trying to stuff that person away to be who i thought a professional person needed to be yes um and i'd much happier just being the real person that i am and yeah. letting that be okay and it's not for everybody and that's yeah. okay too why do we stuff ourselves i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's fascinating to me i think you have to just get older to figure it out yeah <laughs> it's like a life of unstuffing yes it is it really fascinating is. yeah um last question for you now where you sit um how would you advise your younger self hmm. uh, having been through what you've been through and where you are now in your career I think that it's, um, it's so, I was always a stressed out little kid, like always stressed out. And I think I was a stressed out 20 and 30 something, which stress is fine if it motivates you. But I think there's a point to say like, it's going to be okay. Like yep. this all is going to come out in the wash. Like if there, if there was some person who could keep telling me that in my twenties and thirties that like, just relax a little bit. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, and let yourself fail and be okay. I'm, I'm like, I was just terrified of failure in my twenties and thirties, terrified. Like my husband yeah. would say like, you just, you cannot let yourself fail and it's okay sometimes. And, but I'd say, no, it's not okay if you fail. Um, and I think now it's, okay, it's feels good sometimes to fail yeah. <laughs> because then yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, now the triumph feels even better. So right. I would, I would tell my younger self, um, that get used to a little bit more failure and, yep. and, and get used to just being everything's not going to go your way but it's going to be okay yep it's it just it's not worth that the stress. much stress um one more question your you mentioned your husband how um how long have you been married nine years okay and what role would you say he's had on your career and career decisions um a pretty big role in that probably not my career decisions, but more in the outlook towards working. Yep. Um, I think he is someone who, if, if he wasn't in my life, I'd probably work 20 hour days. Yep. He's someone who forces me to put away my phone or my laptop forces. Like he kind of makes it like a joke, like, the world's not going to crumble, Angela, when you're not there answering <laughs> right. that email. And, right. and you're like, are you trying to make up more stuff so that you have more work to do? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's a great quote. Um, and he will, like, if we're on vacation, he will hide my phone. Or, like, he's very particular about, like, put it down and let it go for a little bit. And, and you know, when we talk about what is our, like, five or ten year plan, you know, I keep thinking, I keep saying, I want to have this bigger house. And he's like, I want to work less. And those right. are two divergent things. <laughs> right. So um, he's, he's very much helped me 
I realized that there's more to working 20 hour days. I yeah. think like he, he's made me, he's really forced me to not work as hard. Yeah. And where have you, where do you guys meet on the, I want a bigger house. I want to work less. Where does that. We stay where we are. Yeah. <laughs> stay put. <laughs> yeah. We look at all the places that we're like, okay, we want to move here. And we, we've thought like, okay, here's the top criteria. We want to be near water. We kind of want to be in the city. We want to be somewhere on the coast. And then we start realizing that we're, living exactly where we want to yeah (laughs) so that and i think that's the sense of purpose again is like we the two of us have worked really really hard for a very long time to get where we are yep and when we look around and figure out okay what else do we want we're like wait we actually just made it to exactly where we wanted to be so um i think sometimes we have to sit back and just be thankful for for all that too Angela Fernandez, you are amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, really Karen. cool. Thank you. Yeah, Karen. I think really, really um, awesome yeah. advice and really, um, really thoughtful. Thank you. Yeah. This was fun. This yeah. was really fun. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating of the show on iTunes would also be hugely appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a good guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.